presents Hogan Johns. Well, it's just a start. You know, it is a long time that, that it's been a while. You can do it! When you go through moments like this, you stay resilient, you stay persistent. You can do it! And you trust in one another, and that's what we've done. You can do it! We're going to use that moving forward, and uh, I just appreciate that from everybody. It's week 14 in the NFL, and your Chicago Bears, my Chicago Bears, have finally done it. They won a game. Oh my God! This is major. Yes! Do you have the slightest idea of how important this is? We do not suck, okay? The day started out with the bang. Montgomery on first and ten is running back in a hole, and then he's on with a nice step on, and it's a foot race down the sideline. He's gone to the house. And it didn't end there. Trubisky was very, very good. Trubisky, a perfect 7 of 7. And he goes to the end zone and caught for a touchdown. To the pylon. Touchdown. Trubisky to the rookie Mooney. And they got the touchdown. That's caught by Robinson. Third touchdown pass by Trubisky. And the defense, well, they did their part. Tears the ball away. That's a fumble, and it's Chicago's ball. Here comes the pressure. Nichols got him. He just stood there and took it. Through again. They got him, and it's Mack with a safety. Big time hit. Khalil Mack fumbled the ball, and Chicago has got it. Another turnover. Now, here to do their part, here to contribute to the win from NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Ho. He's oh, smelling like a winner. That's the kind of winning attitude that's going to take this enterprise straight to the top. And from the athletic, it's Adam Johns. Americans love a winner. I can get used to this winning thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Burn! Slow down, Speedy Gonzalez. Strap it down. It's Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Hey, a Bears victory today. This feels weird, but good, but weird. Well, not only did they win, but crush the Houston <laughs> Texans. Did That's not even see weirder. that. Yeah, did not see that coming. Uh, of all the scenarios that could have played out in this game, that's the like the least likely that I thought would happen, where your quarterback outplays the other more famous, better quarterback, and your defense does that. Yeah, weird. Feels good though. Well, it's not completely surprising, I think, to see Deshaun Watson struggle when you consider what he's dealing with. I, I think we are probably both guilty of underestimating some of those losses this week, not having really any offensive weapons. Then they lose David Johnson late in the week to the COVID list. Um, up front, we knew they were having issues, but I don't think any of us thought that the Bears' pass rush would just come alive today and cause Deshaun Watson all kinds of problems. Seven sacks. Seven. Seven. <laughs> For as much as we've criticized the Bears' pass rush... Putting Khalil's Mac names in, in, in headlines and whatnot, and, and questioning Chuck Pagano, seven sacks. I guess one doesn't count because it's not AJ McCarron. But so six sacks on Deshaun Watson. Just a, a very impressive day by the Bears defense. Well, it still counted because it was a big play at the goal line. It was. It was. But the defense yeah. still gets credit for that. Um, but yeah, and Trubisky played well. Anyway, welcome in. We'll get into all of it. Uh, this is the Hogue and John's post game episode. Uh, you might be watching us live right now on YouTube. We hope you are. And if you are, please hit that subscribe button on our YouTube page. Uh, appreciate this has been fun the last couple weeks. Appreciate everybody that's been chiming in here live. We can see your questions as they come in. So uh, some good interaction. Uh, Sam from England's already on. 
What time is it in England right now? Oh, I guess it's still. It's probably past your bedtime, but hi Sam. We, we appreciate it, and of course, those of you just listening to the podcast as normal cannot see this, but uh, hopefully, you're still enjoying it. And you can check out our live sh- show next week. Um, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns. Post game reaction up NBCSportsChicago.com for me, the Athletic for Johns. Of course, theAthletic.com/slash Hogan Johns is where you can go if you're not subscribed, and you should be subscribed to the Athletic. You can get a good two for one deal right now for the holidays and uh, give away a gift to somebody you know. It's a great option for the holidays, uh, and get all of Adam Johns, Kevin Fishbane, the whole crew's coverage from this big Bears victory. Where should we start? I mean, I guess we got to start with Trubisky versus Watson. How Trub- much do you believe that it wasn't a factor for him? Like, I, I'm, I'm very skeptical of their defiance that it wasn't a factor for Trubisky or even for the entire offense today. I'll say this: I, I, I think it's something that he probably, well, not probably, he definitely thinks about. How could you not? I mean, it's just human nature. Um. However, I think there's enough evidence in the offensive um, identity building, I guess, that we've seen over the last three weeks. Even going back to the Packer game, like as as ugly as that game at Lambeau was, they made some strides offensively. They looked more competent with Mitch in there. It wasn't great, but it was better than what they had in Nick Foles. They improved on that last week against the Lions. They improved on last week's game today against the Texans. So I think there's been enough evidence here that this has been moving in the right direction um, that I'm not necessarily sure the Watson factor had anything to do with the, the Bears' results. The, the only time I felt where, where it could have been a factor is when they stayed aggressive, especially like in the second half where – they're throwing the ball, and everybody's wondering where David Montgomery is. Like, is the guy missing or whatnot? And here the Bears are sticking to that Matt Nagy mantra of being aggressive, and Trubisky's staying aggressive. The ball's going down the field to Patterson down the left sideline. Jump for that next time. But, like, he's, he's taking shots down the field, you know, over the middle to, to Allen Robinson for big games. I, I just thought, like, th- there was a point during the game, like, oh, they really want 40. Like, they want to hang 40 on these guys. I don't know if that's just a message or something feel good for them, but – the aggressiveness was there. The play calls were there for that type of offensive output. Obviously, it didn't come to fruition, but that was the time I felt like, okay, this is the, the statement part where they want to get that 40. They want Mitch Trubisky to feel really good about what he's doing right now. Football Mama chiming in saying the 2017 draft is over. Can we move on and stop talking about it? The QB is one player on the football team. The problem with that is those quarterbacks played each other today. Yeah. Uh, and they, that was the game we just saw and the game we're breaking down right now. So uh, appreciate the comment, but this isn't like we're having this conversation about some uh, random matchup and not involving and two, of, two of these quarterbacks. The quarterback is also the most important person, player on this team, most important position in sports so I, I know what you're saying I look I'm sick of the storyline myself but it, it is just what it is and you had Watson versus Trubisky today and for today for one day Mitch Trubisky was a better quarterback how about but, that yeah I know it's surprising but how about that you know I think and this is what I wrote about in my postgame column I, I think this the problem with this win and the Bears winning so impressively and let me just get get this out of the way early yes they're playing the Texans, and the Texans are bad. And yes, the Lions are bad, and they had the success against the Lions last week. Okay, we get we get that. Um, 
put that caveat out there. It has now been established for the rest of this podcast. There, <laughs> we'll have to say it again. I'll say it again. Yeah, I know. It just um, it still raises questions why this didn't happen sooner, right? And could they, I guess the big oh, one yeah. for me is, could this identity, and I asked Nagy about this after the game, you know, how do you describe that identity? And the answer was, team that runs the football and protects the quarterback, which is probably the two biggest issues that they were having, um, even as Nick Foles struggled. That was what we kept talking about, and I kept harping on during Nick Foles' struggles, is that it, some of it was his fault, but a lot of it wasn't in that what they were running was not helping their banged up, already not that great offensive line to begin with, and it was killing the running game. So I guess the question is, now that they're establishing this stuff again with Mitch Trubisky out there, doesn't it make you wonder what this would all look like or what this season would look like had they never benched Trubisky in the first place? Yeah, oh, the, the, the greatest what if. I put this in a column we had on The Athletic on Friday. Like I, I feel like ultimately the Bears will come to seriously regret benching Trubisky. Not, not just for one or two games. Like I, I understand the frustrations. I, I do understand the point in going to Foles. But for seven games, we saw Nick Foles get like worse and worse and just look more awkward and uncomfortable back there where it just became widely apparent that this wasn't working for Nick Foles. Like this wouldn't. Nothing was going to click for Nick Foles, and I feel like if the Bears, this is Matt Nagy and his coaching staff, aren't there already, they will come to ultimately regret sitting Trubisky for seven starts, seven long starts. A lot of things can happen in seven starts, and if they're not there already, they they will be soon enough. Now, of course, the, the one natural alibi Nagy has is that, you know, Trubisky was hurt. Like, I still go back to, and, and I, I want to even give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt. I feel like even he would have gone back to Trubisky maybe as early as the the Titans game. Yeah. And definitely in that Vikings game. But Trubisky was out. He wasn't available. That Vikings game is the one that Nick Foles had his worst QBR of the season. Yeah, that was the one game where it was like, all right, you just absolutely get out. You, you had to go back, and that's why I, I want to give Nagy at least you know the credit there to think that he would have known that and would have made that switch in the middle of that Fair. game because at that point you and I had already been saying probably for a couple weeks that Foles had already done more to get benched than Trubisky ever did back in week three. Yeah, the the evidence was mounting against Nick Foles. He he was not the answer that the Bears coaching staff sold him to be before the season and when he was acquired just it got progressively worse like and that was the tipping point like like yes the the injury was it's 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 an excuse i get it but seven long starts of watching that painful football and yeah i i feel like they're they probably regret it already right like they they should regret it and now you're trying to make up for a lot of time lost, and I don't think it was surprising that Trubisky struggled against the Packers for a little bit because history says he was going to. It being his first start since week three, his first start after injury, history says doesn't, he doesn't do well in those games, but here they are with three games left, and, and yeah, the, 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 their fate is still in their hands, but so much was lost in that Nick Foles stretch of games, man. Yeah, especially games. <laughs> Those, yes. those were lost. Yes. yes. A lot of them. <laughs> fans' confidence. Fans' patience. Um, fans' so I'll hair. Ask, I'll, I'll ask you a question I was just asked by our friend Mark Carmen on the radio. Um, 
okay, three games left. There's as you just brought up the chance they could still make the playoffs. I think that's unlikely, but I guess it's still possible. Can can jobs be saved? And and the interesting curveball that was thrown to me too is that includes Mitch Trubisky. Can well, he's his, gonna get a, yeah he's gonna get a job somewhere. But he, I mean, well, here. I'm talking about in Chicago. Uh, well, okay, if Mitch Trubisky and the Bears somehow, some way. Find a way into the playoffs this year. You better bring him back, at least on a one-year deal. I'm not talking about franchise tagging the guy because I don't think he's proven to be worth anything near that. But, like, it's got to be part of the conversation, right? 100% it's got to be part of the conversation. Like, absolutely. So my column today – go ahead. You got so I was just on the heels of that, though. If you're Mitch, do you want to come back? That's true. Well, uh, because if you're – if they're not going to franchise you, I still maintain – that he is a bust only in the sense of what the expectations were here in Chicago getting drafted number two overall. He has not been a bust in terms of busting out of the league. There is a team, at least one team, that's going to think they can get more out of him. And I actually tend to think that if you put him in a situation like Ryan Tannehill has been in Tennessee, which is a more quarterback-friendly offense, they're not asking him to do a ton. They're really relying more on the running game first. Trubisky can have success. And if you're him, given what you've been through here in Chicago, if there is a team, and I don't know what that team is right now. It's December. I haven't really looked into all those options yet. But if there is a team that says, hey, look, we have a simpler offense. We're not going to ask you to do a ton. We're going to pay you just as much as the Bears are offering you. Start Time to start over. How do you feel about it? Man, I wouldn't blame Mitch if he just said, I'm gonna, I'm going to go over there. Well, I have a column up on The Athletic from a, a few weeks ago that looked at some of these teams. Like the Vikings is one of those teams because the way they run the football and don't want to put the game in Kirk Cousins' hands. My guy, Kirk Cousins, I, I understand that. But it's a quarterback-friendly system. The 49ers, quarterback-friendly system. So I think a guy like Trubisky will have options out there just because I think you've seen enough good football, like today, where he's going to get that opportunity. But... Adam, time heals all wounds. It does. It does. And I, I know there had to be a point in time where it, it really felt like he was given up on. Right? He said so himself. But here he is working with Matt Nagy. Here the, they are listening to Mitch Trubisky. So I'm not saying it's going to heal every little wound that they have, that, that relationship that they have, but we'll see. Something's clicking. They need each other right now, which could be the – the next step in the relationship. Just just throwing it out there. But I also want to be careful as we bring that part of the conversation up that like not, I don't think either of us are believing that Trubisky could suddenly be the solution. That's not at all what we're trying to say and I don't think I think the Bears would be incredibly uh probably foolish to to think that themselves. Yeah, I, I just I, I think some of their their options with where they're at with the cap and who could be out there and you know, John's killed my Khalil Mack for Dak Prescott trade idea, you know. So Mid game I did that. Mid game I did that. You deserve that. Yeah. Except if you go back and listen to the tape, um I oh, convinced no. you by the end of that podcast you, you, just were, you were on board. To, no, I don't, and then I, I, you I don't just remember took anything a like bus that. No. And you just drove over me in the middle of the game because Khalil Mack showed up for the first Kinda time. I like in how month. Khalil Mack just drove over to Sean Watson in the end zone. I yeah. just felt like the, the, the timing was right. You know, just yeah. Just that changed my mind. Take that. Um 
what I tried to do in my column, Adam, was trying to get back inside the head of George McCaskey, where I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to set up shop in George McCaskey's head. If you've been reading me lately, so went back inside it's that head scary. today. <laughs> I'm there. Little... So my question for you, 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 we know George, right? We know how he feels about this team. He's not rooting for a higher draft pick. He's not rooting for complete discord. He's, he, I, I, he's surely not rooting to, to clean house. We know that, right? Like, the, just not how George McCaskey is, is made. But this win had to feel really good for him, right? Like, like knowing that there is a team that is significantly worse than yours and your team just completely outclassed that team that's already looking for the general manager, I bet you George McCaskey is smiling and hasn't stopped smiling since that game ended. Yeah, I'm... Do you think it changes his mind and the outlook of the team is what I'm getting at? Uh, I would argue yes on that track. Well, I would hope they aren't making conclusions off of one game. I, I, if it makes you sit back and reevaluate maybe some of the things you were thinking about last week, that's fine. But you know, part of the problem that we all have in the NFL, whether we're talking management, players, coaches, fans, media, Everything can be so reactionary to whatever happened that specific Sunday. Go ahead right? and quote him. Go ahead and quote him. As John Fox used to say, it's either crisis oh, or carnival. Yeah, crisis or carnival. There today you go. was a carnival. No, um, today today was definitely a carnival. Yes, not but like one of those scary ones, and you know. But you can't you know, forget that ones. it's been a crisis for six weeks. It's true. You know. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan John's polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Roan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, and works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Roan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Let me say this. Regardless of what happens here, I think it's important to kind of separate each piece. So we just talked about Trubisky. Regardless of what happens in the next three weeks, you're still entering a contract year with your GM. And that normally leads to decisions being made one way or the other. Am I right? Yeah. So even if you make the playoffs, lose in the first round, like let's think positive for a second, you still cannot sell a contract extension to your fan base. Am I right? But can you sell... So in this... Hypothetical, mm-hmm. hogathetical. We have the Bears finishing on better terms this season, whether that's eight or eight or nine and seven. Is that what we're talking about? Uh, yes. That's. I mean, nine and seven means you're beating the Packers in Week Seventeen. So, 
wouldn't go that rest, far. Thick but yes. resting, guys. Yes. Eight or eight, nine, seven. Sure. Okay. Okay. Could you sell the fan base on a make or break year? For Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, because you could easily get rid of Matt Nagy too. He may have two years left in this contract, but eating one year as opposed to two makes more financial sense if George McCaskey is seriously considering the financial implications of making such a bold house cleaning move. I think that'd be tough to do, but if you don't want to fire the head coach, I still think Nagy and Pace are tight together. Yeah, you got to do them together. You got to do them together. But if you put Nagy in a position where you have to pick one or the other, you're gonna you're gonna say, I mean, he's not gonna walk out the door just because you fired Pace. At least I don't think you. No, would. he's not gonna walk out the door. But you should send him out the door if you're firing Pace. See, I disagree with that. I, you I think, can't stick your your next GM with the guy. No, we've seen that before, man. How come every time I bring this up, people don't understand what I'm saying? I am not saying you're forcing the head coach on the new GM. I'm saying you hire a GM and you let him do his job. Oh, if no. he wants to... F- it, no, just get it, get it over with. Get it over with. You did that to Phil Emery and he said, yes, I'll stick with Lovey Smith for a year. And then, no, that's the opposite of oh. what I'm saying. You told Phil Emery that you had to keep the head coach. No. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you let the GM decide on the head coach's fate, just like the Bulls just did. No. Do it yourself. Get it done. Okay, and then what if you hire the GM and the first person he wants to hire is Matt Nagy? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just the, let the guy... He, I know he, what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But if, if I'm a GM, I want a, a clean break with this team. We're getting off track of what our conversation was, but if first of all, if you're hiring a GM, you better hire a team president as well. So let, let's layer up the structure a bit and have some checks and balances. So let's go take this to a, another level. But I just think it's in the Bears' best interest. Yes, I know what you're saying. I, I understand that you want to let the next GM or next team president make the decision on Nagy. Fine. It's harder to find a head coach and it might be harder to find the next qualified GM. I understand that. But if you're George, you're telling him you're okay with it. Like You, you can't have the previous scenarios play out with it. You may even want to encourage it a bit, but I just think a clean break would be such a refreshing start if the Bears decide to go down that avenue. And that's why I, I, you and I are thinking on the same page, and I think that regardless of what happens here in these final three weeks, the move that should be made is at the top and getting a new president in here. And then... Let that person, you know, evaluate how, the how GM. How about that scenario? I got like a, I've been working on a scenarios piece. You can read it on the Athletic. I think on, on Tuesday. So how about this scenario? Okay. Okay. You replace Phillips, and that's your move in the off season, right? That's it. Pace comes back. Nagy comes back. You hire uh, a new football boss. But what if the new is. president wants to f- make a change of GM? Well, right you're away. letting you're, you're letting him decide that. Okay. Okay. Maybe that's the move, and then maybe you go down that road. Maybe you stick it out for a year, but because the last thing you want to be that would pa- like, what, what do people think about that? You think that would pacify the masses while also being finally a bold move away from the status quo? I just the one thing I think you want to avoid is if you do that, and the new president says, "All right, well, I want to see this with my own eyes for a year," and then that becomes four weeks, and you're owing four like the Texans or the Falcons this year. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, then I'll I've seen enough, and now you just wasted a year. Well, you know what? If you're that president, that team president, 
you are celebrating the fact that you may get close enough to getting one of those best quarterbacks. Well, maybe. But you probably just lost your defensive window completely. Well, you know what? So Defensive windows open and close. You need a quarterback to win a Super Bowl in today's NFL. No, that's fair. I, 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 the point is I think all these, these options should be on the table. I'm, I'm not sure that today changed anything. Although, I, and I've been saying this the last couple of days, I just think this, I think fans should be potentially preparing themselves for the idea of Matt Nagy still being the head coach next year. Because I can see that scenario playing out. Whether it's what you just said, where the team president keeps both of them, or it's a new GM comes in, he's not forced to fire the head coach. And Because the thing about Nagy is, in a league full of egos and people pissing people off and creating enemies, Nagy is somebody that people like. And I do think while you 100% have to question why did you lose four games in a row in 2019 and why did you lose six games in a row in 2020, in neither case did he lose the locker room. And by the way, that's a thing that matters today. It's proof that he has not lost this locker room, what we saw today. And I think that that matters because you can question a lot on the offense for sure, obviously, but... There's a lot of uh, incompetent coaching out there where it just turns into complete disaster, and I still don't think that's where the Bears are. This is where I'll agree with you on your, your point about all these changes, is that in talking to people as we're getting a sense for the best GM candidates or the best president candidates and the best head coaching candidates, you know, we've I've been doing some work on this, and it seems to me that it's going to be easier to identify your next personnel boss as opposed to like finding that next coach. You know, I'm going, you know, I'm getting at like, it's just, there's just fewer qualified head coaches just in terms of everything you need to bring to the table. than there are like available teams like that are looking for coaches. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, that's the harder hire. Like the head coach is the harder hire here. Honestly, it's somewhat of a crapshoot either way. I mean, it really is. Like, uh, uh, I like Eric Bieniemy. I think he should probably be the Texans head coach with Deshaun Watson next year. There's no guarantee it's going to work. You know, it, it's 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 really hard to predict these things. Um, positives from today, though, that we should probably get to. Uh, one is Cole Komet. I compared him to Martellus Bennett in the middle of the game because of the way he, just the way he runs so tough with the football when he gets it in his hands. He runs big, yeah. You know, every time Martellus Bennett would get the ball, whatever you have to say about him, that guy got extra yards, and he was impossible to bring down. And when you did bring him down, he always fell forward. We're seeing that with Cole Komet. I've been very impressed. Uh, Why that took so long, I don't know. I think that's another question. I called it one of the great mysteries of life (laughs) on Twitter. Now I'm being facetious. I'm joking, but like... It's like, come on! Like, you didn't know he could take like a two-yard pass and turn it into eight yards on a on a play-action play. <laughs> like, it's 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 pretty simple, you know. Running underneath routes, yeah. seeing him gain 17 yards carrying ball carrier carriers what was that on uh, second down? You know, to set them up for the third down. Like, it it was that's what you envisioned when he was drafted, right? Like this big bruising over the middle threat that can be an imposing ball carrier to opposing smaller opposing defensive backs. I I think you saw that. Um, What I 
if I'm Matt Nagy and if I'm George McCaskey, like you're looking for signs of buy-in, like that's one. Like Cole Komet rumbling through tacklers. It's the it's the Darnell Mooney touchdown with Anthony Miller upending a potential tackler. It's Allen Robinson blocking on that play for Darnell Mooney and blocking earlier for David Montgomery. Down the field, running in front of the defender to cut him off to allow for the 80-yard touchdown to run. Like you're looking for little things like that, that little extra effort, the blocks being made, the buy-in being there if you're evaluating Matt Nagy. And I think you saw some of that today. Yeah, and I think that, you know, specifically when it comes to Montgomery and Komet, those are two key players in the evaluation because those were the first two, those are the first picks you had uh, in the two years you didn't have the first round pick because of the Khalil Mack trade. So you didn't have one until the third round in 2019. You picked up David Montgomery. You didn't have one until 2020. Uh, The second round in 2020, you get Cole Komet. So. If those are your reasons for optimism today in a game where you scored, I lost track. How many points did they have? 36. 36. There's a moment I never thought would happen. 36. 36. Me losing losing track how many points they scored. Um, You get what I'm saying? Like... So yeah. those are your top draft picks last two years. And if if right now those are what you're leaning on for optimism because they had a big game, I think that matters. It's young guys like Sam Mustafer yeah. and Alex Bars. Now Alex Bars needs to learn this, you know, listen to the snap count a little bit, but I'm joking again. He had a great game. Like he's a big reason why Dave Montgomery had that 80-yard run. He got to the second level, sealed everybody off. It's it was a, an impressive win in terms of buy-in. Defensive effort, defensive sacks, and just the the little things that you need to win. I know it's the Texans. Here I am, you know, couching this a little bit because it's the Texans. They're a bad team. They're down the backups. But the Bears did what they should have done today and outclassed an inferior opponent quite handedly, we should say, quite handily. This wasn't a close win whatsoever. And shows you, George McCaskey, it could always be worse in the NFL. This is where, like, I keep going – I can't – my head keeps snapping back into more questions, though. Like, with this offensive line, I don't know how many weeks I sat here and was pounding this table. Like, Trubisky helps the O-line. I know he has issues reading the field. I know he's far from perfect as a quarterback. But his mobility, his ability to scramble, uh, he he takes the pressure off of his offensive line. And Nick Foles – his inability to do those things exposed the offensive line. So I, I don't want to take anything away from what these young guys on that line are doing, but Trubisky's also a big factor in this and has helped, and it, that's so obvious. And why did it take so long to bench Rashad Coward? Like, that, I still can't get over that. <laughs> that, Adam, is another one of life's great mysteries, the, the love affair between the Bears and Rashad Coward, but I mean, I know yeah. they had other injuries, and like I, I kept, apparently it took Mustafer coming back to play at center to move Whitehair and yada yada yada. It, the guy shouldn't have been out there. It, it, it I, I just don't get it. Um, Jermaine Fetty's actually been pretty decent since going back to right tackle, despite the sack he allowed last week on the the crucial fumble. Overall, the line's just been better. The running game's been going. It's, And yet, I still got... How many comments do we have here? And I can't argue from people saying, how did Montgomery not get more touches? 
Yeah, there was a point where I'm like, where, where did he go? <laughs> like, he, he finished yeah. with 11 touches or 11 carries. He had a couple of receptions as well. I think he had like 14 or 15 touches, which is let's get that up to near 20. But on but, a normal team, when you start the game with an 80-yard touchdown run and you win by 100 points, the running back only had 11 carries? So when the Bears took over for their second possession and Patterson got that first run, yeah, right? My seven-year-old son goes, my seven-year-old son goes, where's Montgomery? He just had that big run. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there at the kitchen counter like, I don't know, son. I don't know. Oh, he's back in the game. There he is. But, you know, that's, I think my seven-year-old son speaks for a lot of Bears fans. For just like, like, hey, it all worked out, out or it all worked out well in the end. They won thirty six to seven. David Montgomery had another big game, but yes, eleven carries. Like, what's your ideal carry? Like, I I I, I see it more as touches than carries. Like, yeah. he needs to be around twenty touches every game. Twenty touches because he's a good receiver. You get him in space, that's always positive yardage in my book. What were, what was his total touches today? Let's see here. Because he had 11 carries and four targets, three catches. So it still only comes out to 14. Yeah, I don't know. You know what, though? Patterson ran well, too. He had a smart play down the left, the far sideline, at least on the broadcast, where he got down and stayed in bounds, too. Yeah, look, it's it's hard to have complaints about what they did today offensively. I mean, even if you want to say, oh, well, Trubisky, you ended up throwing the ball more than you ran the ball. But Trubisky was good. Trubisky did a good job. And I liked what I heard after the game from Allen Robinson. Um, by the way, how did they not give Allen Robinson a contract extension at halftime? I mean, I wouldn't have let him out of the locker room without the extension, but um, that's still a thing that hasn't happened. And is also part of the equation and evaluation that we talked about earlier. Um, the one good offensive player you do have, you have not found a way to extend him. Anyway, I liked what I heard from him after the game when he said, that on the uh, the slant right before halftime, that three-yard touchdown, which was kind of a cool play and a cool throw. Mitch had a couple of cool sidearm throws today. Um, he said he that that was against a look that they hadn't seen in practice this week. But he told Mitch ahead of time that said, hey, if I get this, if we get this look, I'm going to run my route this way. And uh, maybe that had to do with the setup because first he started left, cut back right. It was a great route. It was a good throw. And it was an impressive touchdown. Everything still, to a certain extent, seems hard when they get so close to the goal line. But it was nice in that moment just to see them kind of have like, oh, that was just a nice play. Good route. Good throw. Got a touchdown. Didn't have to settle for a field goal. And you go into the locker room with a big lead at halftime. Yeah. Even Trubisky said later that he saw the defensive lineman drop out there in coverage. Now, he got that ball around him. That That's usually a play that doesn't work out well for Trubisky, but... Luck was on his side today. I, I, I don't even want to call it luck. The, the Bears had a good game plan. And I get, again, here we go. It's, it's Let's couch it again. It was against the Texans, but it worked. He felt comfortable. There was a lot of yak today, right? Like, yak is a good thing. For all the times we hear about them wanting the quarterback to be like a point guard and distribute the ball to the playmakers, we saw that today. Tons of yak. Allen Robinson, a lot of yak over the middle. Cole Komet, some hard-nosed yak. It's 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 just it's got to feel good for the Bears to actually see what they say come into come to into fruition on the field like that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, it goes back to what we started with. They are, you're finally seeing some rhythm. You're finally I, starting to see some identity, uh, which has been a theme here for the last two years of them not having the identity. I guess the question now is, Johns, are you buying that it continues next week against the Minnesota Vikings? Um, I didn't have a chance to watch that game today. I know they lost. They were playing up against the Bears, so I don't really know the specifics of it, how they played. Um, but they did lose to the Bucks. I would think at a minimum they're going to play a much better game, you would hope, against the Vikings than they did last month when they just looked awful on Monday Night Football uh, in Nick Foles' last start. Well, Mike Zimmer is one of the best defensive minds in football. And he's still got some talent, like like we've talked about, young emerging talent on that defense, a, t- a defense like you said that was all of a sudden, what eleventh in DVOA? I forget exactly what what your number Ninth. was. Ninth in DVOA, so they've yeah. improved significantly since the beginning of the season. But like we also talked about, man, they're they're a hard team to figure out. They are. They're just like the Bears. They're in the same pack of the Bears. This is where the the, the mediocre teams of the NFL just, you know, they, they make their living, you know, and this is how teams sneak into the playoffs and coaches remain in place, but they're in the same boat. I, I think it's going to be, um, you're going to see a similar game plan from the Bears. We'll just see what Mike Zimmer has in terms of answers. I think that actually the, um, the, the, the tougher thing to project might actually be what the defense looks like against that offense because the weapons – the, the Bears defense, what it looks like against the Vikings offense, because the weapons are much, much different than what you saw today against the Texans. Uh, I'd rather have Deshaun Watson over Kirk Cousins, obviously, but when you talk about guys like Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen uh, and Delvin Cook in the backfield, it's a much tougher test, and uh, it was a good bounce back from the Bears defense today, but they had a lot of things going their way, too. Yeah, and Jalen Johnson suffering an injury today? Shoulder injury, right? Not good. Yeah, that's not good. Not good at all. So did he not come back because the game wasn't in reach, or is it more severe? This is a guy who's had shoulder problems, had surgery in the offseason. Um, that is concerning. On the other hand, um, Duke Shelley today filling in for Buster Screen didn't really stand out to me, and I'm guessing that's a good thing. Yeah. No, he did stand out at times. He, he, was, he plays kind of violent. I, I think he got – Mixed up in, in one coverage where uh, Watson, I forget the tight end's name, but there was a first down. But that was late later in the game with it kind of in hand for the Bears. But this is a guy that Ryan Pace spoke very glowingly about a couple of years ago, and we have not seen much of him. I think we've always considered him a potential replacement for Buster Screen, but now we'll have to see. Because the, the answer is, if Jalen Johnson can't play and Buster Screen's able to return from his concussion, you're going to move Buster Screen out to the outside and play Duke Shelley again. We'll see what Chuck Pagano can do. Well, and it's kind of good. I don't know. It, 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 it's I'm okay seeing young guys like that at this point of the season because I don't know how much Buster Screen's really part of the plans next year anyway. Um, and you do have to start getting younger in certain areas on that defense or the window is just going to evaporate, evaporate real fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought Chuck Pagano called a better game, but he was like a, a good game against an outstanding quarterback because I, that's the way I want to phrase it because, again, Deshaun Watson was extremely shorthanded, especially in terms of the, his skill position, guys. Yeah. So 
I think the the Chuck Pagano praise should be limited. But just in terms of producing seven sacks, Mario Edwards with two, like a lot of stunts, a lot of twists, a lot of action up front. Roquan Smith, two sacks. There's a lot to like from Chuck Pagano today in terms of dialing up the aggressiveness, but that's what you can do sometimes when you have double-digit leads, right? And the Bears had one today. All right, well, let's see how this plays out. I think it's going to be an interesting three weeks because I think you can make the case. Let's not forget the Jaguars are on the schedule in two weeks. Like, Do you see Mike Glennon got benched today? Yeah, I mean, come on. Let's be honest. If that Now, that I game, thought Gardner Minshew was hurt. <laughs> Gardner, Gardner. That's the same. You know, that's the second time this in two years they've just sort of like benched the board, benched a guy without even really explaining it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, he was benched. He was benched. Uh, anyway, beat the Vikings. It's a huge game next week because I mean you're still behind the Cardinals now, but you pulled. You basically next week's an elimination game. Between yeah. the Vikings and Bears. Yeah, it this is. is essentially what it is. So you you stay in the hunt if you win. Um, but you really, at that point, only have one team ahead of you, and that's the Cardinals. And the Cardinals, uh, I don't know their exact I schedule. Got it. I got it. They got the I know e- they got the 49ers, right? They got the Eagles, 49ers, okay. and Rams. Now, that Rams game could be a bit different because that's the last week of the season. Is is there nothing for the Rams to play for, but maybe there will be. There could be some seeding involved. Their win over the Giants today was, well, exactly what they needed. They ended their three-game losing streak, but you would think that maybe the, the 49ers or Rams could still win there. And look look at us look at us talking ourselves into potential playoff scenarios here, and we should probably stop with that because you're right. Let's focus on the Minnesota Vikings. If, if the Bears lose, that's probably it. If they win... Then we can entertain these conversations a bit more. Well, look, um, you saw competence today. Last week you saw some competence, but they blew it in the end, and it left behind many, 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 many uh, questions about incompetence uh, when it was all said and done. But they bounced back today, and everything looked pretty good. So can they do it again next week? I think that's the question. You got a divisional game against the Vikings who you lost to earlier this season. Uh, it's a team that's fine, but not that great. And it's certainly winnable. I think the Vikings are an early three and a half point favorite, which they probably should be, but things could look a little different if you go in there in Minnesota and win. And not, again, like this is why I keep saying it's not just about the the results. It's about how it looks. And we painted a picture that we all could have seen today which is, even in a win, if Deshaun Watson looked way, way better than Mitch Trubisky, that would not have been great for this regime. But that's not how it played out. Not only did you get a big victory, Trubisky looked better than Watson. Now, it's just one week, obviously, and you'd rather have Watson if you could redraft it right now. Well, you'd rather have Mahomes first. But um, but today was a win. Today was a win for everybody. Let's put it that way. An emphatic, convincing win. George McCaskey likes that. And we'll see what happens next week. It's crazy to think that like these final four games were going to carry that much weight, but it's true. It's just the way George McCaskey operates. He's going to play this out to the end. Um, as frustrating as that Packers loss was and as disheartening as that Lions comeback was, he was going to play this out. Matt Nagy has a chance here. I think I think his players, if you listen to him after this game, you can find it on YouTube here somewhere. If 
you listen to them after the game, there, there's still belief there. And I know some of the commenters probably don't like it, but they like this guy. They still like this guy. They're pretty adamant about liking this guy. And they seem that there's a sense of grasping what's at stake here, not just for the season, but maybe in terms of people's jobs. That's why I can I can envision a scenario where if you do make changes at the top and you let those guys make their decisions, that one of those decisions in the end could be, hey, there's a coach that still has two years left on his contract. Let's see what this looks like um, you know, for one more year. That may mean a new team president. That may mean a new GM. But it could mean Matt Nagy still around. I'm not saying that's what I've heard or what that's what I'm thinking. It's just I think it's a possibility given what we've seen and the way that these players have continued to fight for their head coach. Does that at least make sense? It does. Okay. We'll see. You want, I mean, what, you, you wanted me to argue there, but it does. Yes. Okay. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But I, and I, should the Bears trade Cleo Mack to Dallas for Dak Prescott? Hmm. Not after this. <laughs> Can we end on a special teams thought? Yeah. Because I like this from uh, Daniel Olson. Can we get a moment of silence for Eddie P's career as a bear? It's Carlos's job now. I, I saw, have to say, and I, I tweeted saw. this, I no longer have to watch field goals anymore. It's a great luxury, and I used to have in the past with Robbie Gold. If it was a field goal that wasn't like a 50-yarder or something, I could put my head down and work, you know, get a little writing done. I know the kick's going in. It has not been like that for the last four or five years. Somebody had a good joke to Daniel's comment. They called it that moment of silence, Augusta silence. <laughs> I'm laughing. That's, that's good. That's a good joke. That's good. That's good. Oh, yes. There it is. There it is. Yes. Augusta uh, silence. Well oh, played. Remember that storyline? Jeez. That's what I'm saying. It's so nice to not have to. Oh, it's a 38-yard field goal? Okay. He's got it. It's good. It's good. And by, and by the way, um, that's very important. Like, I don't mean to just brush over that. I, 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 it seems like the Bears actually legitimately have a kicker. And Cairo Santos is still young. Very young in kicker age. So um, now they got to find a way to re-sign him. Kicker age, it's good. There you go. It's good. Oh, Steven just took care of the contract. Three years, $10.5 million. Done. Send it to Pace. If he's okay. still in charge. All right. Uh, any, any other final thoughts? No, no. Good win for Mitch Trubisky. Good win for Matt Nagy. I'm sure George McCaskey is plenty happy. And you're right, Adam. That Vikings game is going to carry a significant amount of weight in terms of what this future, what the future really means for this team. Divisional game, elimination game. Maybe an elimination game for job status, too. We'll see. Um, it'll be very, very interesting. A big one in Minnesota, and we'll have you covered all week long here on the Hogan Johns podcast. We'll be back Tuesday, uh, and then, of course, preview the whole thing on Thursday. Follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. And you can read us. My column's up, NBCSportsChicago.com. Johnsy on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you can sign up right now. Get two for one subscription deal going on right now. There you go. Can't beat it. Uh, All right. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. Bears Vikings week starts right now. See ya. Y'all stay Corona free, all right? And God bless.